Hey guys, Joe McCall, REI in your car. Hope you're doing well. I am having a great day. Today I'm actually, <clears throat> I, went, I went to go pick up a U-Haul trailer and we're driving down to Nashville, Tennessee to see my brother and his wife and they have, they're having a baby shower. So we're going down six hour drive to Nashville and then probably in a couple weeks we're gonna go back again to see the baby after the baby's born, which I'm super pumped and excited. This is their first baby. So um, we're gonna go down for the baby shower and to see the baby after it's born. Ben's uh, my brother, awesome guy, and you know, yeah, we've been friends for a long time. <laughs> friends for a long time, it's good to have family that you can call a friend, right? And uh, so, uh, I was gonna tell you something. I remember, um, I, 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 I might have told this story before, and uh, those of you that are wondering like how these podcasts work, sometimes I'll sell, I'll tell the same joke or the same story and then uh, you'll hear the same story like two or three days later and you'll think, Joe, didn't you just say that? Are you uh, getting Alzheimer's or something like that? <laughs> and the answer is no, I, I'm not. But I sometimes record like a bunch of episodes all at once and then they get released and then I'll take a few days off or a week off and then I'll do a bunch more. So not all of these uh, podcasts as I record them are being recorded every day. I try to get them out as soon as I can. Um, but the other thing too, actually, that's good. I'm glad I remembered this because um, I'm looking for some more cool people to interview for the podcast. Because, you know, this podcast used to be only us interviewing other people. And then before you know it, there's a thousand other podcasts for real estate and they're all doing the same thing. So I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just saying I want to do something different. And so these are kind of my random musings, random thoughts and musings. So, but I'd like to start interviewing some more cool people. We have a couple people lined up, but my goal is to release one interview a week with somebody that's doing deals, kicking butt, taking names. So if you are that person or you know somebody who I could interview on my podcast, I would love to hear from them hear from you and point me to them, give me an introduction. Um, you know, there's a few people I've been trying to get on, but I've never been able to. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki is one of them. Uh, Ron Legrand is another one. I do have a friend right now trying to hook me up with Lou Brown. Does any of you know Lou Brown? Well, I don't know if you can hear this U-Haul. <laughs> this little U-Haul behind me, I'm used to pulling like 10,000 pound campers that are 33 feet long, and this thing is only eight feet long, and it weighs probably 10 pounds or something like that. It's kind of funny, because when I, if I'm driving around, this thing is bouncing, and it's loud and obnoxious. We're putting some, why are we getting the trailer? Uh, we're putting some stuff to take to my brother, a crib, some rocking chairs, and stuff like that. All right, so anyway, uh, I'm, I've been trying to get um, Ron Legrand and Robert Kiyosaki on the show. So if any of you guys know them, or heck, Robert, if you're listening, right, yeah, yeah, right, like if Robert Kiyosaki, if you're listening to this show, 
give me a shout. Give me a call. I'd like to interview you. Don't worry. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Just kidding. But that would be cool to get Robert Kiyosaki on here. Um, and Ron Legrand is another hero of mine. I've met Ron before. He's a nice guy. I'd like to interview him for the show. Lou Brown is another guy that a friend, a mutual friend, is trying to put us together to interview on the show. Lou Brown has been teaching real estate forever. And uh, really, really good guy. I mean, he's very smart. I remember using his trust contracts on several deals way back seven, eight years ago. Um, really good contracts. Um, so, but are there, you know, there's a bunch of guys out there that are kind of like father figures in the real estate industry. I would love to interview them. If any of you guys know those guys or want to recommend one to me, please let me know. Um, somebody was recommending to me Mike McCallowitz. I forget his last name. But he wrote a great book called The Pumpkin Plan. I'm reading his other book right now called Profit First. I really recommend those two books for you guys. Um, so somebody was recommending that I get him to interview on the podcast. I've seen him on other podcasts, so that might not be that difficult. You know... Uh, uh, Than Merrill, we've interviewed him twice. If you guys haven't heard that interview, you need to uh, listen to that. We interviewed Than Merrill twice about how he runs his big business. It's a huge business. Um, and their real estate business and their education business. It's pretty awesome. Uh, you know, I, I really like Than Merrill and Fortune Builders. You look, they're doing a ton of deals in San Diego, right? A lot of deals. They're one of the biggest investors in San Diego. But their education business <laughs> is way bigger. I don't know how much bigger, but it's a lot bigger. They're crushing it right now. And it's awesome because they're putting out good stuff. All right, so I wanted to talk about a story. I was thinking of this when I was in working for a large contractor here in St. Louis. They sent me to, St. Louis, uh, they sent me to Dallas, Texas for a summer to work at a school. We were rebuilding, remodeling a school. And I was one of the project engineers for that job. And my job when I came down there was just to help finish up the job. It's a long story. I won't get into all the details. But one of the executives of the Dallas office was actually running the job as a project manager because this was such an important job. Um, he was there every day. He had an office in the job site trailer and he was a vice president of the company. And he was there running that job. And so I was kind of sent down there to help out for the summer. And, uh, oh, it was horrible. <laughs> I hated that job. I hated that job. It was like 120 degrees outside every day. Um, and we had to just, uh, anyway. So one of the things I learned from this guy, his name was Chris. And he was a jerk, kind of, sometimes, you know. But he had a reason to be a jerk. He was like... Uh, I won't go into the details, but, you know, he had a reason to be kind of on edge. And uh, so, anyway, he was kind of hard to work with. But I understood where he was coming from. And we just all wanted to get this job done. Um, so, he was a really, really good manager. And the reason why is because he would not allow excuses from anybody. Okay. From people that worked under him, from subcontractors, from architects and engineers to owners. He would not uh, accept excuses. He always questioned everything. 
And if somebody said to him, like, if you want to really hack him off, <laughs> uh, and he, because he would keep meticulous notes in all the meetings of everything that you're supposed to do, like, he was the meeting minutes taker. And that was kind of drove me crazy. Normally, it's, you know, the uh, an assistant or a lower level engineer or somebody that's taking the notes, but it was him. And he would lead the meetings from his notes. And he'd go around to everybody. All right, last week, Joe, you said you would do this. Where are we at with it? And I would say something like, well, I tried to reach him and uh, I left him a voicemail. Or I, I sent him an email and I, I haven't heard back from him yet. Oh, that's the wrong thing to say. That would set him off. Not like an tirade or anything like that, but he was just like, no, 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 no. Sending an email is not good enough. And, and trying is not good enough. So where are we at with this thing? And he would rip into you and, you know, not like a... I don't want to make him sound like a complete jerk because he wasn't. But the point was you learned really quickly that if, he, if, if, if you said you would do something and you saw him writing it down on his notepad, okay, so that was important. And I realized I better not just send an email, but I better call. And, like, I better call every day until I get an answer or get whatever I need. And if I can't get a hold of the guy, I need to call his boss. And if I can't get a hold of his boss, I need to call the owner of the company. And if I can't get a hold of the owner of the company, I need to call the guy's wife and go to his school and stalk his kids until I get an answer that I need for this thing. I mean, it was like that serious. Like, the worst thing you could do is just send an email and or leave a voicemail and wait for them to hear, to hear back from them. I mean, we've got millions of dollars on the line on this job. We've got a deadline. We have to finish this job before the school year opens up. There's still a ton of work left to do, and we can't just rely on other people or trust them to do what they say they're going to do. We got to hound them. We, if we need something, because every little delay delays has a compounding effect. And I have a point in all of this that relates to real estate. So just bear with me. So, like, if if the guy delivering the door hardware is late, well, that's going to delay the. Well, let me give a better example. The guy who the guys who are putting in the um, some electrical work, like a high-end electrical stuff that we were doing in one of the uh, auditoriums, you know, if he's just one day late, well, that's going to affect the the finishers that will put in, or like the guys who are putting in the ceiling tiles. Okay, and uh, you know, the carpets can't be done for maybe I'm thinking of a bad example, but like the 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 guys doing the painting can't finish the start the painting until the ceilings are done and the the guys doing the ceilings can't start the ceilings until the electrical guys are done with their lighting and wiring and all that stuff back in there and then the guys doing the flooring can't finish start the flooring until the other guys are done so every little single delay you may th you may think it's insignificant but it has a dramatic impact on the entire job and so our job as the management team of this construction project was to make sure okay here's a big bump and I'm pulling a little... No, it wasn't that bad. <clears throat> okay, so I learned something really, really valuable. It's not just... It's not enough to just shoot off an email when you need something and wait for the, to hear back from somebody about it, okay? Uh, it's not enough to call them and leave a voicemail and wait for them to call you back. Uh, this guy, he would, he would go on and on about, like, you need to do whatever it takes 
to get that answer that you need. Like if it's an architect and you're waiting to get an answer on some question that needs clarity on the drawings, um, if it was if it was important enough, and almost everything was at, the, at this point in the job, uh, you, again, you got to call that guy every hour until you get the answer that you need. And if he's not giving you an answer, then you need to call his boss. You need to drive to the office and get the answer that you need. If this contractor says that he'll deliver this these materials on a certain day, um, you need to call him every day leading up to that delivery to make sure that he's still on schedule and there's not going to be any problems. And if he tells you, the minute he tells you, well, I have a problem with my supplier, you need to call that supplier and get it resolved and get it fixed. You can't just rely on him to fix the problem, even though it is his problem to fix. You need to get in his face and get in his business and make sure that the job gets done and gets delivered. Does that all make sense? So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get out of construction so bad is because I hated following up with all of these guys that were supposed to be doing their jobs but weren't. I felt like I was babysitting all the time. So this guy, he, he told me one time, and, I, and I've seen the movie Star Wars before, but I didn't really get it. And I asked him to repeat it a couple times. He said to me, because I said something like along the lines of, uh, yeah, I tried to reach him and I couldn't get a hold of him. And uh, he said to me, he slammed his fist on the table and said, try not. He said, do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what is that? He said, he said it again. Try not. Do or try not. There is no try. And uh, it took me like a couple minutes. And then I found out later that he was quoting Yoda from Star Wars, right? <laughs> And I guess I needed that or something because I, I, I go, okay, I get the point. I'm not, I'm not going to try anymore. So, <laughs> right. Does that make sense to you guys? So how does this relate to real estate? Well, it relates to everything in real estate. You've got a job. I mean, you've got a, a contract under, um, oh, here's a bandit sign on the side of the highway. Squirrel. Handyman special, the phone number. Uh, so you got a you got a contract that uh, you're supposed to close on in a couple weeks, right? So you send it to the title company. What do most people do? They just send it to the title company and trust them to get the paperwork going and to do the work, right? And then all of a sudden, last minute, you think everything's fine. The title company finally opens up their files and they look into it and they go into uh, uh, emergency mode. Uh, hey, we're not going to be able to close because this and this is missing. We need that. And then you get mad, like, well, why didn't you tell me that two weeks ago? You know, and now what is, it throws everything into disarray. That happens all the time, right? And maybe it's not their fault. Maybe they're busy. But what do you do? Well, you don't just send the stuff over to them in hopes that they get to it. You call them up. You say, hey, I'm just following up with the documents I sent you in the other day. Did you get them? Yeah, yeah, I got them. Okay, great, great. So are, you, are we still on time, on schedule for closing on the 25th? Yeah, everything's good. All right, awesome, thanks. Right? So then you call him a few days later. Hey, I was just calling to see if there's anything I can do to help. How are things going with that project or with that, with that contract? Maybe uh, a few days later you go to their office and you deliver some donuts, right? Or if it's a bunch of ladies that don't like donuts, deliver them uh, bagels. I don't know. And uh, just say, hey, I'm just stopping to buy to see how things are going, right? You want to be that squeaky wheel. Going back to my construction days, you know who are the contractors that got paid first? The subcontractors, right? So we were a general contractor. We pay all the subcontractors. And we wouldn't pay them until we got paid from the owner. It's a great cash flow business, right? Um, you make all of these subs 
do their work and put and they're the ones who spend the money on payroll and supplies and materials um, and then we don't pay them until we get paid what's the there's a financial measurement I forget what it's called when you measure like you can measure your cash flow um, and when you're a general contractor or a project manager you you have like the best cash flow in the in the, in the entire business world right um, but anyway oh and by the way yeah we wouldn't we had it set up too where we got paid and then we had 30 days to pay our subs after we got paid well anyway but guess who were the subcontractors that got paid first it was the guys who called me all the time and pestered me and bugged me it's like hey man if you get our invoice yeah yeah I'm gonna get into it okay great thanks the next day hey man you, you got our invoice right yeah so have you paid it yet are there any questions or problems that you see no no I'm still looking at it okay great they were always nice they weren't rude you know but they were texting me they were calling me every day and so just to get them off my back and leave me alone I would pay them first right and so that's what you need to think about that's the kind of attitude you need to have in real estate today it's not just enough to send an email when you need something done just shoot an email no pick up the phone and call them and when somebody calls you answer the phone We've, we've so forgotten about the, uh, the value and the importance of the telephone, right? We just think that an email is enough and let them throw it on somebody else's plate. And they'll take care of it. Um, if you want to do a lot of deals, you got to be more aggressive. you got to be more aggressive and quit trying and start doing. Um, I'll say one more thing, and this is going way longer than I thought. Sometimes I hear from people something like along the lines of, well, we'll uh, I'm going to try this real estate thing out. I'm going to, uh, I'll send a couple thousand letters and just see if it works and try it out. Man, I'm telling you, just save your money. If you if you have that attitude, like, I'm just going to try it out, see if this direct mail thing works. Um, it's, it's just not, it's not going to work. Excuse me. Don't even try it. Just stop. Waste, just stop wasting your time. Um, you got to be committed to it for the long haul. All right. You got to understand that you're going to get more deals from the follow-up from people that said no at one point, who called and hung up, but you kept on following up with them over and over and over again. All right, if you wanna do a lot of business, you wanna do a lot of deals, and if you wanna be good at your job, let's say you're listening to this and you're not into real estate yet, you wanna be, but you're still working your full-time job, and maybe you like what you're doing, right? You wanna be the guy who gets all the promotions and gets all of the high pay raises and the uh, and Excel. Uh, you need to be the guy that's constantly following up with people. When you say something that you're, when you say you're going to do something, the first thing you do when you get back to your desk is you get it done, or you make a phone call, or you follow up with the people that you're waiting on information for, and you keep on hounding them and following up with them until you get what you want. It's the same with the real estate business. All right, so hopefully it all makes sense. So try not, do or do not. There is no try from Yoda. All right, guys, see ya.